You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hey everyone, welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I am Allie, your host, and with me is Kelly and Daniel. Today we're going to be talking about managing your small groups, especially those middle school boys we love so much. Let's Mm -hmm. get into our car rides worth of content. But before we do, my favorite question, you guys, what are you loving? I am loving this song that we heard at the Drive Conference. So the Drive Conference is in Atlanta, North Point Community Church. And there was a song that they played and I couldn't figure out what the name of it was. I couldn't remember it. And they just emailed it out and said, here's, here's that song. And it's called Abundantly More. Mm. Love it. You guys have to go home and listen to it. I don't think I got that email, Mm. but now I definitely have to go listen to it. So good. You can get it on any of your favorite music playing apps. Well, it's not on Amazon music, but it is on, it's not on Spotify it's not. You can't get it on any of your favorite music playing apps. You know how North oh, Point does this? They like something. release a song, but it's only on YouTube. Mm. So it's on YouTube. A search abundantly more North Point inside out. Okay. So good. I'm going to do that right after this. Well, related to that, my thing that I'm into right now is Shazam. Oh, you heard of Shazam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just sort of discovering it. I know I'm kind of late to the party, but... You're like <laughs> 10 years late to the party. <laughs> Well, there was a game show on last night that's like modeled oh, yeah. off of oh, yeah, it. it. And is. so mm-hmm. I was showing somebody, I'm staying with somebody right now. And anyway, I was showing them how it works. And it just is so cool. I don't even understand it. It doesn't even have to have words sometimes. In it. Yeah. So what Shazam is, if you don't know, if you're behind the times like me, it you play it in, uh, it's an app for your phone. You play it when you hear a song that you want to identify, but you don't know who it's by or anything. And you press the button and it picks out who the song is by and, and will tell you like instantly yeah. 10 seconds yeah. and pro tip you don't even need the app anymore if you have an iphone you can just go to siri and say shazam and it'll start listening for you wow. you don't even need the app pro oh, tip wow. i know pro tip <laughs> did you also know about shazam that if you try to sing the song and even if you sing it pretty good it does not recognize it it has to be oh, like yeah, the studio version yeah mm. Because I've tried You've a tried lot of that. times. I mean, I have tried my best singing and it doesn't work. That's awesome. <laughs> what right are you now, loving, Allie? I am loving my friends. My friends threw me a surprise birthday party Aww. this past weekend. I've never been surprised before. And it was the sweetest thing anybody has ever done for me. And I'm just feeling very loved by, by them, very lucky to have them. So I'm loving my friends right now. Oh, good friends. Good friends. <laughs> yes, Happy birthday. They are, they are. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Now, today we're going to be discussing one of the biggest challenges for some small group leaders, and that is managing the room. And special shout out to our middle school and ninth grade boy leaders. We know you guys have it tough, and we're here for you to help you and give you some extra love to those crazy boys. So let's get started. Yeah, Allie, the ninth grade boys that I had this year were tough. I had about a dozen of them week to week, and... I tried really hard at the beginning of the year to get started in the right way. So we would collect all the phones and following Kelly's advice, I had them put their phones face down and they would just go back and grab them later. So eventually we got to putting them in a basket and I almost had to hide them so that they um, don't go and grab their phones. So even those little things, but um, 
just being consistent with that, I think over time did help. And they got the idea that when they come in, they put their phones away. Um, and it's all those little things that you try to do with a group to really engage them. Um, so we would sit in a circle all in chairs most of the time, and they'd be scooting around the room. Like Kelly was saying in her last podcast with some of her girls, they would hide underneath the plastic little tables and pretend to be turtles. And just every week, Kelly would say, all right, we're not going to do that. We're every gonna week sit I had to circle. say it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not a teacher or like a mom of young kids or I don't know, it, it's not intuitive to mm-hmm. everybody that you mm-hmm. have to say. I mean, we would say it like three times per night the entire year. And so a lot of, I think a lot of leaders think, well, if I, I already told them, I already told them we sit in a circle. I told them at the beginning, you're pro- you, you have to be okay with saying it a couple times. Couple, a few, few hundred. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that consistency is really what works mm-hmm. over time. So um, they know what the expectation is when someone's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You have to say something um, because they're pushing boundaries all the time. If you're a parent, you know that about kids, they will push the boundaries until they know exactly what it is. Um, and sometimes it's five minutes after you say it. I had one guy in my group this year and we had a night where we were passing something around. I don't even remember what it was, um, but he had something in his hands and he kept playing with it and it was really distracting. I wish I could remember. It was it was like an object or something. Oh, it was a candle. That's what it was. A candle? Where did kept, he get yeah, a candle? Yeah, we had candles because we were having s'mores one night. Oh. And um, the candle wasn't lit or anything. We were doing that later. But he kept picking the candle up. Hey, you need to put that back down. We're going to do that in a little bit. He'd have it again in his hands two minutes later. And he didn't even realize that he was doing it. But it was so distracting because mm. of the way that he was playing with it and everything. And you just have to be consistent. Eventually, I took him away. Just so it wasn't a distraction <laughs> anymore. But he didn't even realize he was doing it. Yeah. And part of that being consistent, like that breeds trust. We talked uh, in our one of our last podcasts about creating a safe place. Like that's what makes the place safe is that you continually require certain behaviors from kids. Yep. And we use their names too. Kelly. I'm going to need you to stop hiding under the table (laughs) and come back to the group. Um, Sometimes these are just little things that can help you um, to really reinforce what they need to be doing. So your proximity to them, if you move nearer to them, you sit in between two boys most of the time that are talking out of turn. Although girls 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 do that too. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if somebody's not being appropriate, instead of telling them what they're doing wrong, you ask them questions that help them to identify their behavior. So rather than say, Allie, stop it. You need to put that puppet away and stop playing <laughs> with it. I had a problem puppet. with puppets in my room oh, this year. Oh my gosh. You, can you say, had a tough group this year. I did have a tough group. <laughs> Allie, do you think that this is a good time to be playing with that puppet? <laughs> and make them answer though. It's, it's not rhetorical. Mm-hmm. Make them answer. That's that's huge. That yeah. is so true. Well, I don't know. I mean, the other guys were doing it. So <laughs> They're just, just here. It out. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with them? You're supposed to leave them in the box. Is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, you're 15, not five. Okay, we're getting off track. Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to ask that series of questions, though. And sometimes it takes a couple of questions of leading them down the path. Well... It's not a bad time to play with the puppets. Oh, my. Oh, really? What would a good time to play with the puppets be? 
<laughs> and if they continue so to talk too, back, aren't they? <laughs> this is I real life, it. folks. This real is life why we experience. Love it. <laughs> if they continue to talk back, take them aside at some point and have a one-on-one after the small group. One-on-one works like a charm. It, it really does. does. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to do that too. That's because 90% of the time they're doing it to be funny or for the attention of the rest of the group or whatever. And when you get them alone, I mean, that's when yeah. they're going to recognize yeah. what they're doing. It's like they're totally different people when they are not with this group and facing the peer pressure of mm-hmm. trying to totally look cool. Totally different. And, the, and, and nine times out of 10, they're remorseful. They're sorry. And you could ask them to, I, I just, I need you to help me out. I need you to be a leader. And, and they most often respond to that. Yep. And then another course of action is to remove them from the room and have them just take a few minutes in the hallway. They hate doing that. Well, because they usually have to walk older. with an adult. Mm-hmm. Like we take, we just go for a little walk. Hey, what's going on? Why are you out here in the hallway? <laughs> uh, I farted. <laughs> <laughs> That's what one kid said to me. Uh, he said, I tooted. I tooted and everybody laughed. I'm like, okay, well, let's just take a little break and, and you can go back in a few minutes. But, you know, maybe you're, you could not try to make everybody laugh. Okay. What do you think is the right time to, <laughs> to, to toot? Do you walk him to the bathroom? <laughs> no. He... <laughs> no. I did not want to talk about his bodily functions any longer. That is awesome. So what else? They can talk. You can eventually get to the point where you have to kind of involve the youth minister. We usually have somebody who is responsible for kind of patrolling the hallway mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that they're not running away if they're going to the bathroom because we have had problems with runaways too. Yes. Mm. Or um, for those that just need to take a little break. They had a little tooting incident, need a little <laughs> pause from small group. And then the last thing is to go out to the car and talk to a parent or make a call to a parent. Yep, definitely. That's, That's your last. Um, that. Yeah, last resort. Last resort is to call the parent. We try to do everything. Do uh, Daniel really talked about it in order there. So, the phones sit in a circle. Be consistent. Use their names. Sit, proximity. Move near them in the small group. Um, call them out on their behavior in the group. Talk one on one with a student. Remove the student from the room talk to the youth minister, make a call to the parent. It's progressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you hear these things and you just think back to school growing up and being a babysitter or whatever else. And these are universal tactics that parents, yeah. teachers, everybody uses in your life. But like Kelly was saying, it's not intuitive to a lot of people. That was a big surprise to me when I started working with ministers. I thought everybody mm-hmm. knew how to correct behavior. Not everybody does. Not everybody thinks it's their job to correct behavior. No, no, it is. Yeah, if you're even a small if group they leader, do know how to, right. they don't feel like that should be their role because they're right. like, well, I don't want to be their parent because yeah. I'm their small group leader, but you are an authority figure and your job yeah. is still... We have to require a certain behavior mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. And I think the funniest thing I see with teens too is that they walk in for the night and they just have such busy schedules and so much homework and extracurriculars and they're all exhausted. And then they walk into the small group room and suddenly they're balls of energy. Right. right? Yeah. And so there are some ways to tackle that too. It's not necessarily bad behavior. It's just fulfilling that need for some energy and movement and things like that. Yeah. And we have some ideas for that also. Yeah. So you get the, the just energetic kid that's been sitting for 20, 30 minutes when you've had your big group program. And that's where... You can have them do jumping jacks or a push-up contest or anything else. 
What do you do for the girls, Kelly? Um, well, for the girls, it's best to let them like talk, talk, talk for a minute. So the girls, you can pair them up and say, take five minutes to talk about your week or take five minutes to talk about the message that you just heard. I mean, they need to move too. We've gone for walks. We've gone outside. Um, we've played a game. Um, they like to do like answer a couple questions by going to like the four corners, you know, like go to this corner if you think it's A or B or C or D or, you know, get on this side of the line if you agree and get on that side of the line if you disagree. So we do some of that with the girls. They like that. I know one of our uh, small group coaches said that she stepped in with a group this year and she laid down butcher paper and wrote each of the questions for the time and then had the girls go around and write answers to them and then they went over them all together one by one. Yeah, boys would hate that. Boys would hate it, but it seemed girls, like a good strategy yeah. for mm-hmm. girls. Girls would like it. Although as my girls got older, as they became um, high schoolers, if you would ask them to write something like, here's an index card, write a prayer, they'd be like, oh, I have to write? Oh, like they're so, they're so exhausted and they write and they're doing homework all the time and they just want to come here as a reprieve. So um, sometimes we make them, you know, no, we're going to do this. We are writing a letter to your parents tonight. That's part of small group mm-hmm. tonight. So um, yeah, when it comes to questions, sometimes writing down is perfect for the quieter yeah. people who aren't one to jump and cut off others to get into the conversation. Right. But then when you get a sort of familiarity with your group, they're not shy. They'll answer out loud. They don't need to write it down. So it's just meeting your group and figuring out what works for you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. what they need. Even on a given night, it might be different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just changing up the setting can make a big difference too in terms of their engagement and how they respond to everything. So you can go from sitting on the floor to sitting in chairs or sitting in chairs when you usually sit on the floor. I said the same thing twice. (laughs) You can switch whatever you're doing (laughs) and you could um, go outside. Sometimes we tell our boys groups when it's nice outside, just go and walk and stop periodically and do a question Um, or just occasionally go do something fun. Give your small group leaders license to pick a night when they can go out and get ice cream or pizza together Mm -hmm. or go, go to the um, we have a trampoline place that's right across the street from us. So they did that one week. Um, or if you have an extra big group, you can split in two if you have two leaders. And like we said before, the biggest thing is just remembering your role as that small group leader. You are a person of authority in that room and it is your responsibility to take control of the setting to manage that. So feel empowered to do that. And students know because they see it in their lives everywhere that relationships begin with respect. They want respect and you will give them that respect if they give it to you. And that's the bottom line for all of that. Um, But what, guys, does a win that we've seen look like for somebody managing the room? Well, so we have have two leaders, um, Gabe and Mark. They were leading sixth grade boys a couple of years ago, and they're great. They would get in there and sit in a circle. They were on the floor, sitting on the floor with their boys. Um, But they had definitely like a wild group of boys, and it kind of grew. Their boys invited other boys, which is a great problem to have. I think the tutor was in their group. The tutor? The one that tooted. Oh, the, the tutor. Yes, the tutor was it. Yeah, same group. Um, so they have a, they, uh, I worked for a youth minister once who called um, sixth grade boys squirrely, which is a nice mm-hmm. way to put it. So mm-hmm. they have some squirrely boys 
in their group. And I think that's just a nice way to say annoying. <laughs> um, but anyway, they decided that they would try chairs. I, you know, we, we coached them on like, maybe you should try to put chairs in the room. Cause when a boy is sitting in a chair, then they, they have a place where they have to be on the floor. They can kind of be anywhere. They can roll around, which is what they were doing. They were all over the room. So they, um, they got chairs and they brought chairs in and they sat in a circle in chairs and reported to us that that was working really well for them. So that's a big win. Yeah. Just to make a, a little change. Minor like that. detail. Yeah. And it totally changed the room in their conversation. That's yeah. awesome. Love those guys. Thank you all so much for joining us today on Uprising. We love you all very much. Join us next time and we're going to discuss how to recruit ministers. 